Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me slash sales. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you. You know, it feels good to be back in Washington State. I was down there in California for a few days. I want to thank all of the fans out there that sent me emails. Uh, I will be in touch with you. I apologize for not getting to you while I was down there. Uh, Just one thing after another after another. And uh, (laughs) I'm still pretty tired uh, from running around. I feel like I was going 110 miles an hour the whole time I was down there. But uh, it feels good to be back uh, here in studio. It feels good to be back here on the radio with you all out there. If you've had an encounter, email me. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out the website, sasquatchchronicles.com. Well, I want to welcome Jason to the show. Jason, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, No problem, Wes. And you're down there. This encounter actually took place in East Texas, one of my favorite uh, areas, I'm sure, as you know from listening to the show. Absolutely one of my most favorite areas down there. But if you would kind of start from the beginning, you know, walk us through how you got in the situation you got into, and then just walk us right into the encounter. Okay. Um, well, basically, you, you know, this is this is a uh, deep East Texas. It's almost to the Louisiana border. Um, this is uh, I grew up around uh, Angelina and the Sabine National Forest there. 
which is just above the big thicket. Um, two big lakes there, uh, Sam Rayburn Reservoir and Toledo Bend. And this is a heavily wooded area. And my dad was uh, a land developer in the 70s and going into the 80s there. And he would uh, he had a business partner, a surveyor, that would go in and break these lots up. They would build roads. Um, and then he would sell them off these these acre plots. And so this business partner of my dad uh, lived in the Sabine National Forest. And this is, uh, I guess, if 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 you want to know where it kind of is, it's it's there's a towns like Center, Texas, um, that's in Panola County, San Augustine, Texas, Hemp Hill. It's it's right there close to the Louisiana border. The Sabine River actually runs right through there, doesn't it? Right, right. The Sabine River opens up into Toledo Bend Reservoir, which is a, a huge lake that runs, oh, I don't know how many miles that, that lake runs, but um, it's a huge lake there that borders Texas and Louisiana. And um, they have high, highways, you know, bridges that go over the lake into Louisiana. So... Uh, you know, he had developed some campgrounds around there and things things like that. But um, this surveyor lived uh, down there. And, you know, sometimes on a Saturday, my dad would go and visit him. And he had, he had his office, the surveyor had his office uh, kind of beside his house. Um, deep, deep in the woods, you, you had to go down a, a farm market road and break off down a dirt road and Sometimes my dad would ask me to come down there with him to visit with him because he had a, a kid that was about my age. And I was I was about 11 years old, and the, the surveyor's uh, son was uh, probably about nine years old. He was actually a couple of years younger than me. But he was, you know, my dad would take me down there and we would play with, I would play with the surveyor's son, and we would hang out in his backyard and, and, and beyond his backyard was just, I mean, woods, just pine, pine trees and deep East Texas woods. And we would play out there this one particular time, the incident, we were, we were playing and he looked up at me and said, uh, Chewbacca man lives down that trail down there. And I said, Chewbacca man. He says, Yes, the, a man, a hairy man down there lives down that trail. And I said, All right. Uh, he says, You want to see him? And I said, Yeah. And I was I was a couple of years older than him, and I I don't know if he was playing make believe. I don't know what we were doing, but you know, I said, Yeah, show me show me Chewbacca man. And so we headed down this little trail that was kind of in his backyard, but it led deep in the woods. And I followed him down there and we went a pretty good ways. I was getting surprised. We were getting far away from the house. Um, it was late in the afternoon. So the sun was getting ready to set, but we went down this, this little thin trail and we got, uh, to this deadfall. And, uh, you know, a tree and some limbs and brush had fallen over. I don't know if it had been bush hogged over, but it was just, just a big fall that kind of blocked 
that trail and and I looked around and and uh he said this this is it this is this is where he is and he said I'll call him and so he said he said I'll call him up he gave this you know this whooping sound and we didn't hear anything and he did it again and I started hearing cracking and footfalls and and walking uh, a distance away, but headed towards us, towards this deadfall, behind this deadfall. And it kept coming, and and uh, all of a sudden, I heard, you know, real heavy breathing, you know, just, and I thought it sounded like a horse. And so I thought he had called up a horse. So I kind of got, you know, relieved a little bit, and I was like, uh, he's he's just called up some kind of horse, and he was caught. He kept calling him, and about that time, I heard a word. It was a, a sound. It was I don't know how to describe it, but I remembered it went a wah, just like a a deep word, and it's and it startled me. It got my attention real quick, and. I, it got serious real quick, and I knew there was something other than a horse behind that deadfall. And he kept calling it real sweet, like a, like a kid would. He would he would go, "Come on, come on," and it would move, and and limbs started to kind of crack and move behind that deadfall, and my eyes widened. And I, I took a few steps back, and I, I I was like, "What in the world?" I said, "I said to uh, TJ, I said to him, I said, what what is it? What is that?" And then this sound, it went just a huge percussive sound came from behind that deadfall, and it it punched me in the stomach. It 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 totally floored me and my my stomach dropped and i i froze like real fear just freezes you down and tommy was unafraid i mean tj was unafraid he said he said come on come on and he goes chewbacca and he kind of sings to it and it was creeping me out and this thing started having a fit it pulled limbs from that deadfall. I could see them slide out away, and they were slamming on the on the on the ground. And this thing was, <laughs> I mean, grunting and slamming the limbs, breaking limbs. And I just kind of came out of my of of my stupor, and I looked at Tommy. He turned around slowly, and he said, "He doesn't like you." He doesn't like you here. And I turned as on a dime and took off running. And Tommy yells, wait. And I said, no, no, come on, let's go, run. And I took off running. I ran down that trail, and this thing gave chase about a few yards away at first. And then it kind of went deeper away. It circled around, and I was running as fast as I could. I didn't care about. TJ, I didn't care. I was just, I was just running. 
limbs were slapping me in the face. I, I was trying to get back to that house. And this thing rounded around, and I could, I looked to the side over my shoulder at times or to the side of the woods where I could hear it running with me. And I could see a, a big black figure. It, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't a horse. It wasn't a, a cow. It was a tall, slender, big black figure. I could see the stride of its legs running at times in and out of that brush. And uh, it circled around and it was beating me. It was beating me back to the trail. It was getting ahead of me. And I started to panic because I thought it's going to cut me off on that trail. And I screamed. I screamed, Daddy! Daddy! And I, I but at, at that second, the brush just, just came to a halt. This thing just stopped as soon as I started calling for my dad. I, I ran into that backyard. I ran up to that office where they were talking, and, and I, I grabbed my dad, and he said, What's wrong, son? And I, I explained it to him. I was telling him something was chasing me. TJ comes running up behind me. He doesn't say a word. He just kind of just is unaffected. And I, my dad said, well, you know, I don't know what that was. You're okay now. You're all right. And the surveyor said, well, I've, we've got a neighbor that, you know, lives down the way, and sometimes their goats get out. And I, I bet an old goat chased you out of that trail and this and that. And, and my dad said, go wait in the car. We're about to go. I go and get in. I go and get in the car, and I, I lock the doors, and I'm I'm panicked and I'm scared. And Tommy, TJ, I called him, comes walking around, and I rolled down the window, and I said, "What was that? What was it?" And he says, "I told you, Chewbacca man was back there." And I said, what was it, though? And he said, it's the boogeyman. It's Chewbacca, man. And my dad got in, the, got in the car. I rolled up the window. I saw Tommy walk to the back of the house. As we drove home, I told my dad all about it. I told him what I saw, that it wasn't a uh, a goat that chased me out of there. And um, he... he you know, yeah, okay, you're all right. You know, well, I don't know what it is, but you're okay now. And we drove away. And, you know, one of the things, what's so crazy about about this is I remember at the deadfall, there was a lot of um, uh, snack packages. There were uh, Cracker Jack boxes open. There were Little Debbie snack cakes open. It's like this kid had been going down there and feeding this thing and it just it creeped me out and it is a a story in my childhood that I've kept and I don't tell anybody I I told my dad and I told my best friend um who still lives in East Texas and I'll get to that but it it was a, it's just a story that has been in my childhood that uh that has always scared me. I, I, at the time, I didn't really think Bigfoot, that's Bigfoot. 
but uh, I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm, I was in scouting a couple of years after this this thing happened to me. Uh, we got to go. Our scout troop got to go camp out uh, in the big thicket, and uh, there is the Alabama Cachada Indian Reservation that is in the big thicket there. It's near uh, Woodville, Texas. And somehow they arranged for us to, to camp out out there. And, and, and we did, and we were around the campfire and, uh, at night and, uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, the, uh, the chief or, uh, or a councilman or somebody came in with two braves and they were part of the reservation. They were, uh, all dressed up. They were, they had their shirts off, they had paint on them. And it was real neat for us to see these, these guys come in, these Indians. And they sat down at our campfire and the chief started talking and, and telling us stories. And he was very good. He, he, you know, he would throw something in the fire and the, the sparks would light up and, and, you know, the forest seemed to accent his stories. He was, he was just very good. And we were, uh, all the scouts, we were just glued to him, you know, listening to him. And he began to tell this story of the hairy man of the woods. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a story of this, you know, nice, you know, thing. It was a, the wild man of the woods that we battled for years and who would take our children and would kill you and drag you away. And it was a horrible, you know, it was a horror story of, of, and he described a Bigfoot creature. And, you know, he said the words Bigfoot of today, you know, and, and, and then it kind of, then that, when he told that story, it kind of hit um, a nerve. I'm like, oh my gosh, that thing, the Chewbacca man, this thing that, you know, was out there, you know, immediately it clicked. And I'm like, it was a Bigfoot. It was, it was something out there. And, uh, from then on, I was kind of, you know, anything about Bigfoot, my, my ears would go up and any show I was interested in. And then, then I get a call a couple of weekends ago from the friend that I, I told this story to, and, like I said, I told it to my dad. I've told it to my wife, and I told it to my best friend growing up. And he is a uh, a deputy sheriff in a county in East Texas right now, and uh, he's on the night patrol. And he calls me, and he says, "I have got, I have got to tell you something that happened to me, and I am." I'm I'm busting. I've got to tell someone. And you told me this story of this Chewbacca man when we were kids, and it this thing that I saw this weekend. I'm telling you, this is it. And he proceeded to tell me a story. So he's he was on patrol, and there's a stretch of road, an old farm market road that is in near the Angelina Forest, um, and it is uh a long straight road. And he said, people have called in complaining about kids going out there racing and they would, 
they would race up and down this straight, long road. Uh, it was not near any residential areas, um, deep out in the forest. They called in and said, hey, they're racing on the wrong side of the road. They're going to kill somebody. And there were a lot of complaints. So he made that part of his patrol, and he had been going out there on Friday and Saturday nights to patrol that area and try to catch these, these kids racing and get them off the road. So he said there's a lot of, you know, uh, places on that stretch of road where you, he could back into. And there's uh, one dirt, old dirt road in particular that he had backed into a couple of times. And this particular night, it was actually a few Friday nights ago, and he backed in. He shut he shut everything down. All the lights went down, and he waited. And he was setting up a speed trap, wait, waiting for these kids to come through. And he said he waited there about 15, 20 minutes, and uh, he said the the cruiser was running. He has a Tahoe, is what he was what he's uh, assigned to. And uh, he said the cruiser was running, but he had shut all the lights down and shut his laptop down and was just there in the dark. And he said, I'm ashamed to say that I drifted off to, to sleep. I started dozing off. He says there was a pop on the radio, and, and he woke up and, and had to shake himself awake and, and pulled up and and got him a drink of water. He said when he turned to throw the water back in the seat, he looked over and in his passenger window was a face just staring in the window. And he jumped back. He said, he said, man, I pushed myself all the way to the, to the daggum door. And I looked, he said, man, I was looking at something I have never seen he said i i actually screamed out and its breath was starting to fog the window and he saw a massive face of high cheekbones dark face he said its eyes were inset deep it looked like it was two black marbles in his eye sockets and his nose was flattened he said as soon as he turned and looked at it, it stood up and its face pulled away and it gave him a like a like a grimace, it gave him a you know, just a look and he he said, he goes, Man, I, I've never ever been so scared in my life. He said, I turned and I hit every light on that cruiser. I threw my cherries on. He said, I threw the, the spotlight on. I hit the brake light in the back, and he said, that's when I saw it walk on the back side of the cruiser to the back. And he hit the brake lights, and the red lights lit up in the back. In his rearview mirror, he saw its back light up. He could said you could see the inset of his spinal cord and the layover of the hair. Uh, he thought, in his opinion, it was seven foot tall. He turned around and looked back and saw it walk out of the reach of the lights. Um, he said it wasn't like a big, fat, giant thing. It was a, he said it was a, a big seven foot, 
tall, kind of stooped. He said it kind of had a stoop to it. It stooped over wide, wide shoulders and, and muscular, but not just huge, just kind of lanky is what he said. And he goes, it just calmly walked away from those lights. And he said, just then he, he put it into drive and, and sped out of there in fear. He said, I could not bring myself to get my sidearm, step out of the vehicle and call on this thing. He said, I could not do it. I was that struck by fear. And he sped out of the, of the dirt road, got on the main road, turned around, threw up all of his lights and, and headed back down the dirt road to see if he could get it in his high beams. Uh, he drove down, he said, it was gone. Just like that, it just, it just disappeared like a ghost. Uh, he went down about a half a mile till he just said, and I'm, I'm getting out of here. He turned around. He said the whole time he had his cherries on, he had his, he had his lights on, lighting up the woods. He spotlighted. He didn't see anything. And he, he turned around and left out of there. And, and it, when he called me, he was, uh, I mean, freaked out like I'd never heard him. And he says, man, he goes, unless it was a freak out there in a ghillie suit, or some hunter coon coon hunting out there. Uh, it was it was a Bigfoot. It was it was a Bigfoot. And he says, I cannot believe this is Texas. I cannot believe you know what I saw. He says a daggum hunter would not be messing with a with a police cruiser at eleven o'clock at night. You know who you know who could get shot. They're out there. They're definitely out there in that area. Let me ask you, did he, uh, how did he react when you originally told him your, your encounter story? <laughs> all the, all those years ago that, oh, I don't know. He, he says, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, there's, there's not a big foot, you know, that's, that's not real, you know, that type of thing. And yeah. And then I, I go, yeah, I know. Cause you don't want to get made fun of. So, but you know, and, and with Bigfoot, I've, I've always been since that, since I've had that weird thing and in my past, like I said, I've always been like, you know, listening for it. I've always been an enthusiast. I'm not a Bigfooter. I'm not a guy that goes out looking for this. Um, you know, I, this kind of just, uh, this story, him calling me was a, a big surprise. And, um, and, he was, he was just floored. He could not believe what he saw. And he says, you know, you, you don't tell anybody, none of our friends, I'm telling you this because you're my friend. And, and he's, he's in law enforcement. He's, he's not gonna, not gonna talk about it to anybody but me. And yeah, those guys, they have to be careful on who they tell sure. what to, especially being in law enforcement. Yeah. So I get that. And, you know, even at work, if I ever say, oh, did you see that Bigfoot show? You know, and, you know, I'm kind of like trying to find somebody who would, you know, talk about it with me because I'm so interested. You know, everybody blows it off and laughs it off. And so I just shut up, you know. And uh, but there is something and there's a lot of stories um, that I've heard 
um, in East Texas. Um, there's areas of East Texas that I don't hear mentioned much, but I have heard things come out of like, um, there's, there's areas, uh, the Boykin Springs area. This, this is, uh, near Zavala, Texas. It's close in between Lufkin. It's also on the, uh, uh, Sam Rayburn Reservoir. I've, I've heard of things happening there. I have another story of a scoutmaster telling me it wasn't my troop, but he told us that uh, this was in at uh, Double Lake. It's a lake called Double Lake. It's down on uh, the Lone Star Trail, a little closer to Houston, uh, Sam Houston National Forest, but kind of more on the more east. He had taken a troop in there, and they had left the campsite one morning and was walking away, and he got a little ways away and realized he had left uh, a knife that had meant a lot to him, and he was looking in his pack for it. He couldn't find it, and he says, I'm going to run back, and I'm going to I'm gonna go find my knife. So he left the troop and, and ran back to the campsite. He said, as he approached it, as he rounded the bend and started and was seeing where they had camped, there was something crouched down just beyond the campsite that was startled, jumped up, and ran away on two feet. Uh, he said it was black, covered black hair. He said he, he stopped and was startled. He wouldn't approach the campsite. He didn't know what it was. And he finally eased up there and got his knife and left. And he says, you know, I've never been able to explain that. It was a tall, dark figure that jumped and ran away so fast. And he said, it just spooked me. And I know that's, you know, there's not a lot of detail there, but there's these whispers and, and stories in, in East Texas. And it makes me think that, oh, yeah. yeah, it makes me think that something, you know, like this, this creature, you know, or a type of, of creature like that is, is in the woods there. It's definitely out there. I mean, I think that, if you want my honest opinion, I think that whole East Texas area is infested with them. And, and the reason why I say that is just going out, being actually out in that area and hearing the sounds that I heard and hearing the, you know, finding footprints. And wow. it's different than it is like in Washington State. You know, Washington State's kind of hit and miss mm -hmm. it, running into these things. But I kind of think that East Texas area, I think if you know where to go, I think you'll have an encounter. And I kind of cringe when I hear the Boy Scouts going out. I, I don't know if you heard the show. I was in East Texas, and we had vocalizations all night long. And as we were leaving, there was a Boy Scout troop coming in. And I thought, uh, I don't know if I should say something to these guys. Or um, I wanted to ask you about the encounter that you had with uh, TJ. Have you ever spoken to TJ since then or spoken to his dad since then? No, you know, I have, a, I do have a follow-up to that. And one night I, after dinner, I heard my mom and dad talking and he had said that he had not seen this surveyor. His, his, uh, I'll say he's a uh, Mr. W and he, he, he said, I have not seen him in a while and I've called him and he, I'm going to go out and, and see him because I haven't talked to him in a long time. He said, I've got some, you know, some opportunities 
that I want to talk to him about. And it was a, a, a like a week later, I guess I heard, you know, them talking again. And, and he had, he says, uh, Mr. W is, is moved. He's gone to my mom. And he said, it's so strange. He goes, he, I got a lot of business for him and he had a, a business, a good surveying business here. And he said, I, we have done a lot of lots together and a lot of projects together. And he didn't say goodbye to me. He didn't call and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moving. And he said it was just a real quick move. And he had talked to a neighbor of his and he says, you know, yeah, he goes, they moved away real quick. I think he said that his wife and, 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 uh, the surveyor's wife had talked and said, well, you know, we're, we're moving, we're going back to Alabama is what I think he said. Um, but they just abruptly moved, uh, not long after that. And, you know, I'm not going to tie in anything of what that could be, but, um, they moved without saying a word. And I, I don't even know, you know, I've, no, I haven't had any contact with, with TJ. I mean, he would be a grown man now. And I, I, I don't know, but the weird thing about that, that's always kind of freaked me out is that if really this kid was going down there in his woods and discovered something or saw something and was bringing food to it or, I mean, that's scary. I mean, that is that is a real creepy thing. And no telling what could happen to that kid. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, I don't know if you heard Friday's show or not uh, up on SasquatchChronicles.com, but I talked to Laura, and she's a tribal member out in South Dakota. And she, you know, she said, hey, these things are lured in with kids. They'll come in with kids, and it's not a good thing when they actually come in. Uh, her and I were talking off the air and I, I told her about the baby crying. The audio I played seemed to draw it in and she goes, you know, it's even better than that. She goes, try playing a bunch of kids playing. She'll see if you can find that on YouTube. Yeah. Just a bunch of kids playing. And she goes, these things will come in to check them out. And you're right. That kid going down there and feeding you that thing. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that's completely crazy. Uh, yeah. That's all I could think that i mean all these wrappers and and snacks and things and if he if he was going down there and calling it up like he did i mean this is something when i went with him it's something that he had done several times before and he had even given it a name you know chewbacca man and you know and when i was 11 that would have been about 82 83 and you know i guess what he thought what a kid would think hey that looks like chewbacca it's creepy. It's 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 really uh, strange, and I, I I guess nothing ever happened to him. But and and but they didn't move away abruptly, and and that surveyor had a had a really good business there. A lot of land developing at that time in the eighties down in that area, and for him to move away abruptly, I mean, I don't know. Like I say, I'm not going to tie that in with it, but it is uh, strange. And these things can be very unpredictable, just like it was with you when you were there, like it was pissed. It was shaking the brush. It was shaking the trees. You know, it was pissed. I mean, that kid must have some balls of steel to just kind of look over at you and go, well, it doesn't like you. Uh, I mean, you know that kid must have seen it a few times. He had to have. 
Yeah. It had a, it, it's like it had a rapport with him. It had a relationship with him. And, you know, I, I've, it freaked me out so bad. You know, I, my dad had asked me again if I'd want to go back then. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going. And, uh, I don't know if it was his innocence. I mean, he was, he was a real country kid. You know, I was a country kid, but I did live in a town and, and this, this kid lived, you know, you know, in the woods and I like playing with him. We would play outdoors and play with knives and shoot BB guns. And, you know, we had a good time. I remember, uh, the times that I, that I played with him, it was just this one last time that, that, I mean, it was so strange. And, you know, I've told my wife and she, she says, Oh, well, you know, I guess you saw something, but you know, when I kind of started thinking about it as I got older, and it's just something that's a strange thing from my past, I, I was thinking Bigfoot. I was thinking, there, you know, no animal is going to say things or, you know, I want to say it was speaking. I want to say that, you know, I remember, oh, or, oh, it was like a deep, I can't even do it. I mean, it's so so deep and base coming from behind that thing that it it startled you into life real quick and it was not an animal it was like that you know it wasn't a known <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't tell you what it what it was and when it really sounded off that weird sound or word you know it wasn't a howl or a grunt or it was a <laughs> I mean, just a, just a, a scary, percussive, deep word or something. And, and I, I tell you that that's not a bull, you know, uh, that's, there's no, there's no bears in East Texas that I I know of. I mean, there are mountain lions, but mountain lions not going to, you know, these small cougars that are down in there that they're not, they're not going to make a sound like that. Uh, not something that that's so deep and heavy like that, and that's what I'll never forget. You could feel the mass behind there. You could feel the the deep heaviness of of the thing back there, and uh, I mean, it gives me the creeps even now. That really is one of the things that creeps me out the most about this subject. Is your impression is actually pretty good? I've heard that more times than I care to hear, but where they they'll vocalize like that. And what's even more creepy is when they start mimicking you, they start mimicking, you know, family members. That's when it gets really, really creepy. And and that is the part that really bothers. uh, Well, it bothers me. I don't know if it bothers anyone else, but it's just, it's too, a little bit too much like us. You know what I mean? It's a little bit too much, you know, like you said, it, it formed a word or sounded like a word. And I'm sure that was your impression at the time. I, you know, I've heard that before. I've heard that from a lot of people. And that your impression that you did of the creature, that's pretty close to what I've heard in the past. And you're right. A cougar, if a cougar's going to come in like that, you guys wouldn't have, one or both of you wouldn't have made it out. It would have gotten you guys. And that's interesting about this thing. You know, when you took off running and it was chasing you, I wanted to ask, as you were looking over, watching this thing go through the brush... Was it on two legs or was it on four or could you tell? I saw a, I saw a leg separation. Like I said, I saw like a stride at at times, and 
I'm saying this as, as an 11 year old, and I, I looked over and I could see a, a black swoosh. It was fast, and I could see a stride, like a like a separation of legs, and I never saw its face. I never saw its face that I can remember. It was just just this thing chasing me, and I'm a kid, and and I was I was, I mean, I was crying. I cried for my dad when I finally thought I couldn't get out of it. I yelled for my daddy, and that's when it finally stopped. And it stopped instantly. I mean, it stopped on a dime. And the brush and, and the whole rush of this thing coming in just stopped when I when I screamed for my dad. And that part's fascinating, too. That kind of got it to stop chasing you at that point. How much further did you have until you got to the house? Oh, just 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 a few yards, I guess. Um, now his yard was pretty deep, and this, uh, where the wood started, I don't know. It was, I had about maybe 20, 30 more feet to go on the trail when it stopped. And when I broke through the trail and out in the open yard, I mean, I was running. I was hauling butt, man. I was, I ran straight to my daddy's side, you know, just like a kid would. And, um, that's, uh, TJ just ran up out of the woods. He was out of breath too. We were roads running, but he was, he didn't say anything. He, he doesn't, it's almost like he was not going to mention it. And, uh, it was weird. It was a weird thing. And I, and I didn't mind playing with that kid before, but after that, I didn't even want to be around him. He kind of creeped me out after that. <laughs> I don't blame, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at I all. Never, I mean. Yeah. I would never go back there and growing up there, you know, yeah, I drove down in that area before. I couldn't even tell you where he lived as a kid driving with your dad. You don't know where they take you, you know, down one road and another. I couldn't tell you where it was. I know it was in, well, I, I do. I know kind of where it is. That area of East Texas um, around those lakes is beautiful. It's a, a tall, tall pines. It doesn't look like the rest of Texas. You know, you've got North Texas, which is, you know, where I live now, which is, you know, small trees and shrubs and mesquite. Uh, but the land changes as you get as you go down I-20, which is headed into East Texas, Louisiana, uh, past when you get to Tyler, Texas, it's tall pine trees, hills, very pretty. And but there are, and being in the scout troop and hiking, there are a lot of areas that are just wooded, and there's a lot of bottoms and creeks and areas. That and and you know East Texas, the woods at night out there. I mean, it's there's no light pollution or anything. It is pitch black dark. If you ever stepped out into an East Texas woods at night and got lost, you, you'd never hear from me again. I mean, it is a secluded place down in some of those pockets of of East Texas, and it's it's a spooky place. And I think there would be enough you know, hiding and, and enough enough places to, to be secluded and, and tons of food. 
Yeah, I tend to agree with you. The that whole area, there's tons of food, tons of cover. Some of those areas remind me of Washington State because the brush was so thick when we were out there and we were going around. You know, I would love to talk with the law enforcement friend. You know, the description he gave you really is dead on with the description that people get. And, and you know, I've never talked to someone who had an encounter like that. I've read many online, but I've never talked to, actually talked to someone that was falling asleep in their car, looked over, and then saw the creature looking in on them. Uh, I like I've read many online, but I've never talked to someone. I would love to talk to someone like that. And you know, your friend, law enforcement runs into these things more than you would imagine, especially being out there in East Texas. I bet he doesn't go out there and park anymore on that road. <laughs> no, I doubt it. No, uh, I I remember him mentioning. He goes, "Hey, I have to I have to back into you know to places all the time." He says, I have no fear at all. He goes, but I'm going to have this in the back of my mind uh, from now on. But, uh, yeah, I I, I was going to talk to him. And if I if I go see him, you know, we, we I don't get to see him that much. You know, we talk on the phone at least once a month. Uh, this call was a was a, you know, a call in the evening and and and, and just, you know, just the next day after that and just was really pouring his heart out on it and and just surprised i mean extremely surprised and excited and creeped out and uh he went on and on about i can't believe it i can't i can't believe it he goes but i i can't explain it and he's he's uh trained on uh you know how to observe things and uh he said i just i i i I don't I, i can't put anything else in that slot that it that it would be he goes but you know i don't know i'm just saying what i saw and uh it it didn't seem to to be scared and run off it just kind of looked in the window and calmly walked around the cruiser and walked walked away if i'm ever down there in east texas again uh and i'm sure i will be in the near future uh you should come out with uh if I go out with uh, Bob Garrett, Tim Sermons, and Mo, and all those guys down there, uh, you get kind of a, I don't want to say false sense of security, but those guys are so calm and cool when they go out there under intense situations. It's it's kind of nice to go out with them because, and I don't, again, I, I, I'm leery of these things. I think that they can turn on you in a, on a dime, and I think they're very unpredictable. But going out with those guys is pretty cool because they can take you to a lot of areas. I've always said I'd love to take a skeptic. I know you're not a skeptic and, and your law enforcement friend isn't. But I would love to take a skeptic or someone from like the Houston Chronicle and just say, hey, come out, hang out with us for a couple of days. And I guarantee your your theory, your your thought about what's out there and what's not will change overnight. I guarantee it. Wow. No, I, I can't promise it. you'll see. Yeah, I can't promise you'll see anything, but you'll hear enough. You'll hear enough to make you stop and wonder about a lot of things. Yeah. Well, if they're nocturnal and if they, you know, or, or, I mean, you know, I've had lots of thoughts of them of what they are, what they could be, how many are there. You know, if it's a, a small population, if they inbred, if they, you know, you have all these thoughts and, and, 
I think the mystery of it is the is the biggest appeal, but um, there has to be something. So many people see things, and and I'm not saying that thing that chased me was a Bigfoot, but I just like my friend, I, I can't put anything else in that slot that would that would be anything else. It was so strange and unexplainable. Uh, but I, I would love to, to go out. Like I say, I'm not a big footer and, you know, I'm, I live in, uh, uh, you know, the city now and I work and, and, but, uh, I'm from East Texas. I know all these places and there's something up, up around those lakes. You know, I want to, I want to see, I wish, I, I can't wait for something to happen in real evidence. Uh, you know, I, I want to believe it. I want to believe it. So it's a, it's a cool subject. Yeah. And I think you probably were chased by a Sasquatch. Like you said, what else can you plug into that type of situation? And, you know, these things, depending on, I really believe depending on the area that you're in, the numbers change on how many are out there. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into that. There's a lot of things that come into that calculation, you know, as far as how many are out there. It's kind of like I was out there in um, Southern California. And I when, we, when I very first went out there, I thought, no way is there any Sasquatch out here. There's no way. There's not enough cover for them. But it's very deceiving. You know, when you pull off of the road, you start to realize really quick, not only is there enough cover, there's enough food, there's enough water. There's, there's the environments set for these things. And, you know, there's mountain lion everywhere. There's deer out there. What's interesting is going back to your law enforcement friend, you know, the border patrol out in that area that I was out around the Ote Lakes, Ote Mountain, uh, they would run into this devil dog thing, which is a little different than Sasquatch, but they would describe it. They'd call it a devil dog. And they would run into it. A lot of different agents reported it. Um, I had a um, law enforcement official contact me while I was down there in San Diego. And he said, hey, look, I, I got to tell you what happened to me. I don't know if I want to come on the air, but here's kind of what happened to us. And he told me the whole story. They were out on kind of near Ote Mountain. And they were going down one of these old dirt roads. And this thing was walking down the road. And as they pulled up on it, they realized it wasn't a person. And the guy hit the gas, almost crashed the cruiser, races back to the, uh, you know, to the station. And they make a pact, basically, don't, let's not tell anyone. You know, he's telling his partner, let's, I don't want to bring this up. This is crazy. You know, everyone's going to think we're crazy. And in law enforcement, you got to be careful on who you tell those things to. But they go back to the station his partner starts telling everyone what happened. He steps away to the bathroom. He comes out, and the, his partner spilled the beans to everyone on what they saw. And the interesting part about that encounter story with law enforcement is the watch commander said, to, sit down, guys. Tell, so what happened? What did you guys see? So they explained to him what they saw and how big it was, and it was all hairy it was walking upright like a person, but it wasn't a person. You know, was it someone in a ghillie suit? No. Uh, this is 2 o'clock in the morning, and these guys are saying it was some sort of creature. They don't know what it was. And what's interesting is the watch commander goes, hang on a second. I want to print something up. 
walks over to the printer and he printed out, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Proctor Valley monster. They call them Zubies, which is mm. slang term for Sasquatch. Uh, but this, if you get a chance, check out the Proctor Valley monster online. It's all over okay. online. Uh, and he says, this is what you guys probably saw. And that was kind of the yeah. end of it. I mean, there was really no jokes. There was really no, um, you know, so, I mean, it, it's just interesting, especially when a law enforcement official has an encounter and how it's received, you know. I can understand your friend not really wanting to tell anyone. Yeah, and, there, yeah, there's a there's a ridicule. There's, there's a, I mean, something as simple as getting passed up for a promotion for, you know, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that, that those guys see that never come to light because because you just you, you just can't <laughs> you know it's just not perceived as as something real right now because I, I because of science you know not really looking into it um, I mean I guess you have some people you know I guess the cryptozoologists are are looking for it but you know it's not taken seriously and, and there's a lot of theories as you know but uh yeah i mean you just can't really put yourself out there yeah and i truly feel bad for people who have encounters and they have no one to tell they have no one to get it off their chest because uh, you feel kind of a relief when you get it off your chest it's kind of like i posted on the blog uh, the other day about the lady that saw a sasquatch carrying a baby and she described the baby looking like Chewbacca. And she called 911 to tell him about it. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out. It's, it's on the website. Uh, but she describes, she said the baby looked like Chewbacca. She said it was like the ugliest thing she ever saw. But what's interesting is she called 911 to get it off her chest, to, to tell oh, someone. Wow. And that makes me feel bad wow. because, you know, you know, she probably saw something. She had no one to tell and it's just been eating at her, eating at her, eating at her. Yeah, I don't think that was a proper use of 911, but, you know, she wanted to get off her chest. And so, uh, you know, I think people need some sort of outlet when they see something like this to get it off their chest. So, uh, and, and I can't thank you enough for coming on, Jason, and, and sharing it. It's it's a terrifying story. I mean, the, the, uh, oh, no the Chewbacca man. It's yeah, I mean it, it's terrifying. I, it, you know, and for for weeks after that, I was, you know, wanting to go hop in my mom and dad's bed, you know, <laughs> and sleep with them again, even though I was eleven. I I, I remember being scared, but uh, you know, it eventually kind of went away and and uh, went back to the corner of my mind. And and uh, but like I said, it wasn't until a few years later when we were camping out and that, that old Indian chief was telling those stories and, and I, you know, but it's got to be something and it's, a, it's, it's interesting and, and I, I really like the subject and to think there's something that, that's out there in, in the woods tonight, deep in East Texas, it's, it's, you know, it's scary and it's fun to think of it, but it's it's serious too because there's there's something to all these people seeing it and and uh you know it's not like hey there's this green monster you know it's it's throughout history you've heard it's always this thing this big hairy 
you know, this big, hairy Bigfoot thing, you know, it's not a green thing. It's not a, everybody keeps seeing the same thing. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be something there. Yeah. Everyone, uh, everyone is seeing the same thing. And what's interesting is if you go back over, you know, old newspaper articles, if you go back and you listen to what a lot of the native Americans say, you know, you can take an old newspaper article from someone who had a sighting from 1920 and compare it to what someone says in 2015, and they're saying the same thing. It's an encounter yeah. that could have happened today. There's no difference in what they said back then and what they're saying today. And it is a fascinating topic. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mystery. And, and it's something that uh, you, you want to find out what it is and you, you, you want to see it. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if you ever come to East Texas, holler at me, I'd, I'd love to come out with you guys and, and experience it firsthand. Yeah. Well, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> but no, I would love, uh, yeah, next time I'm out, I'll, I'll, next time I head down there, I'll, I'll, uh, take you out. Like I said, Bob and Tim Sermons and, Mo and those guys are the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the some of the top guys in this field, especially going out with someone calm, cool, level-headed, and, yeah. and and that's what those guys are. So yeah, no, next time I'm down there, I'll definitely uh, invite you out with us. But uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I've enjoyed talking with you. I really have, Jason. Sure. And I, and I thank you for sharing thank- all the stories. Oh, thank you. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that uh, after my friend had called me and got this stirred up in me again, and, and I was just so, you know, we've talked several times about it, and, and uh, I I saw your website, and I said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna email this, and and uh, you know, it's like you kind of want to talk to somebody about it. So that's so. Thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate it, Wes. Oh, thanks, man. Interesting night, you know, especially when you have your own encounter to share and then you have a friend's encounter and, you know, these things are out there. You know, you got to be careful when you're out there. They're definitely, definitely out there, especially in East Texas. Uh, And I want to give a shout out to all the people out in San Diego that sent me all the nice messages. I apologize for not getting back to you. I was going 110 miles an hour from the time the sun came up till the time the sun went down. I was on the go out there, but uh, I'll be making another trip out there. And I'd love to meet some of the listeners out uh, out in that area and just go out and check out some areas with you guys. So uh, thank you again for, for sending me all the nice messages. And again, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, email me. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out the website, sasquatchchronicles.com. Thanks again for listening tonight, everyone. Hope you have a great night. Hope you had a great weekend. And I will see you next time.